0: Well, Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Glad to see everyone back for another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we'd like to say shalom and welcome. We are God Honest Truth, and we are a messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. You can find out more about us at GodHonestTruth.com. There you can find all sorts of resources, not only about us, but also to help you in your faith and your study and your education. Resources like audio Bibles you can download and listen to, Hebrew resources that can further your Hebrew learning, various things. Let's go there and check it out. Sure, you're not going to be disappointed. Now, tonight's Drosh is going to be all about the Lunar Sabbath. Some people claim that Sabbath is on Sunday. Some people claim that the Sabbath is the seventh day of the week. And still yet others claim that the Sabbath is counted according to the appearance of the new moon. Well, tonight's Drosh is going to be all about the new moon Sabbath, or lunar Sabbath as it's called. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Of course, like always, we're going to be doing our liturgy, we're going to be doing our Torah portion, our Haftor portion, and our Brit Hadashah portion. So stay tuned for all that. And of course, as always, be sure to stay tuned for the Drosh. Now, if you happen to drop out at any point, or if you have, want to go back and relook at something, that was stated on tonight's trash or tonight's stream in general you can always check out the on-demand version of this live stream starting tomorrow morning and if you prefer an audio version we are now doing audio podcast more on that coming up in just a moment but for right now let's go ahead and dive into our liturgy
1: Oh beloved Pani Nefesh Yehudi fe shuri oh miya ufate me srag kahadima ayin azion sophiya oh Teekva te he nu. Ah, teekva bach no ta pae. The he o tam co she. Behe ha Erets Zion, Veru
2: Shalalai,
1: Israel, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad, Baruch Shem Kevon, Mal-huto
0: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up and you shall bind them for a sign up your hand and let them be frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. All right, in the way of announcements this week, not too many announcements to be announced as it were. But as always, in the absence of current announcements or any new announcements, we're going to give you the same ones that we normally do. And of course, we're going to start out with the upcoming episode list. Like we said earlier, tonight is going to be about the Lunar Sabbath. So make sure to stay tuned for that Drosh. Next week we're going to be doing another scriptural dossier. And next week's dossier is going to be on the life and times and all about Jacob or Israel, as he's later called. Of course, after that, we're going to get into a drash on adultery and then one on worship and so on and so forth. But here's your episode list up through about the next two months or so. So make sure to tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the live stream of each of those drashes. And of course, here is your upcoming feast day schedule for the next upcoming year. The next upcoming feast day for this year is, of course, going to be Yom Teruah or Rosh Hashanah. And that starts on sunset of September 25th and goes through sunset of September 27th. So make sure to mark your calendars for that, as well as the next or the upcoming feast days for the next year. And like always, be sure to keep this list in your prayers. Of course, like the scripture tells us, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also pray for the nation of Israel as a whole. And wherever you are in the world, pray for your individual nation as a whole also. And like always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to have those into to us by Thursday evening at the latest, as we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, as we Talking earlier, we do have an audio podcast available and you can get it from just about anywhere that you get your audio podcast, be that Spotify, be that iHeartRadio, be that iTunes, or what have you. If you like a link to any of those podcasts, feel free to go to our website at GodHonestTruth.com, go to the Our Ministry menu, and then click on Connect Socially, and that will link you to all of those different audio podcasts, as well as our video channels that we host our videos on our social media networks that we're a part of and also in the donation links if you so feel free um can't even talk tonight if you so feel towards making a donation to god's honest truth so with all that being announced let's go ahead and get back to our liturgy Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us filled with your Spirit, the only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah. He healed the sick and raised the dead, the multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught, with authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean, how the despised and outcasts found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin, despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. all we like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way, our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name, we are in him. His spirit and powers, new life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, and His merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu sheba shamayim yikadesh shimkha tavo mahutecha yeasa ratzonecha baaret kaasher Naasa va Our Father in heaven hallowed be thy name let thy kingdom come let thy will be done as on earth so as in heaven ten lanu hayom lechem hukenu u ka kaasher, zolĥim Na Asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Ve'al tevīenu li'day masa ki'im hatsilenu min hara, Kilaha hamam laha v'hagavura
1: v'hatifaret
0: leolamē olamim. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is king, the Lord was king, the Lord shall be king throughout all time. May the Lord grant his people mercy, may the Lord bless his people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. All right, and tonight's Torah portion is going to be Genesis chapter 46, verse 28 through chapter 47, verse 31. And we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Genesis chapter 46, verse 28. And he sent Yehuda before him to Joseph, to point out before him the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. And Joseph made ready his chariot, and went up to Goshen to meet his father Yisrael. And he appeared to him, and fell on his neck, and wept on his neck a long time. And Yisrael said to Joseph, Now let me die, since I have seen your face that you are still alive. And Yosef said to his brothers and to his father's household, I am going up to inform Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. And the men are shepherds, and they have been men of livestock, and they have brought their flocks and their herds and all that they have. And it shall be when Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? That you shall say, Your servants have been men of livestock from our youth even until now both we and also our fathers so that you dwell in the land of Goshen for every shepherd is an abomination to Mitzrites. then joseph said i'm sorry then joseph went and spoke to pharaoh and said my father and my brothers their flocks and their herds and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan and see they are in the land of Goshen and he took 5 men from among his brothers and presented them to pharaoh and pharaoh said to his brothers what is your occupation And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land, because there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the scarcity of food is severe in the land of Canaan. And now please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Mitzrayim is before you. Settle your father and brothers in the the best of the land, Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know of capable men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. And Yosef brought in his father Jacob and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my sojournings are one hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, And they have not reached the days of the years of my life of my fathers in the days of their sojournings. And Yaakov blessed Pharaoh, and went out from before Pharaoh. So Yosef settled his father and his brothers, and gave them a possession in the land of Mitzrayim, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. And Yosef provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with bread for the mouth of the little ones. Now there was no bread in all the land, because the scarcity of food was very severe. And the land of Mitzrayim and all the land of Canaan became exhausted from the scarcity of food. And Yosef gathered up all the silver that was found in the land of Mitzrayim and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought. And Yosef brought the silver into Pharaoh's house. And when the silver was all spent in the land of Mitzrayim and in the land of Canaan, all the Mitzrites came to Yosef and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the silver is gone. And Yosef said, Give your livestock, and I give you bread for your livestock, if the silver is gone. So they brought their livestock to Yosef, and Yosef gave them bread in exchange for the horses and for the flocks they owned, and for the herds they owned, and for the donkeys. Thus he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. And when that year had ended, They came to him the next year and said to him, We do not hide from my master that our silver is all spent, and my master also has the livestock we owned. There has not been left any before my master, but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and let us and our land be servants of Pharaoh. And give us seed, and let us live and not die, and let the land not lie waste. And Yosef bought the entire land of Mitzrayim for Pharaoh, because every man of the Mitzrites sold his field, because the scarcity of food was severe upon them. And the land came to be Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities from one end of the borders of Mitzrayim to the other end. Only the ground of the priest he did not buy, for the priest had from what Pharaoh gave them by law, and they ate that which Pharaoh gave them by law. Therefore they did not sell their ground. And Yosef said to the people, Look, I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall be that in the harvest you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths is your own, as seed for the field, and for your food, and for those who of your households, and as food for your little ones. And they said, You have saved our lives, let us find favor in the eyes of my master, and we shall become Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Mitzrayim to this day, that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the ground of the priest only, which did not become Pharaoh's. And Israel dwelt in the land of Mitzrayim, in the land of Goshen, and they had possessions there, and were fruitful and increased exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Mitzrayim seventeen years, so the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. And the time for Israel to die drew near. And he called his son Yosef and said to him, Now if I have found favor in your eyes, please put your hand under my thigh and show loving commitment and truth to me. Please do not bury me in Mitzrayim, but I shall lie with my fathers, and you shall take me up out of Mitzrayim and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. And Yisrael bowed himself on the head of the bed. Baruch atah Yahweh, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher lanu Torah Temet, v'chaye olam betukenu, baruch atah Yahweh, noten ha-Torah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old.
1: It's a he, Lamaha Zim Kimbar. They tome ha meu shar. he ha dar he noam. They hold nativo ha loam. Ashie ve nu adonai.
0: Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. And tonight's Haftor portion is going to be 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we'll give you just one moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Kings chapter 2 verse 1 in the days of Dawid drew near to die and he commanded Shlomo his son saying I am going the way of all the earth and you shall be strong and be a man and guard the charge of Yahweh your Elohim to walk in his ways to guard his laws his commands his right rulings and his witnesses as it is written in the Torah of Moshe so that you do wisely all that you do and wherever you turn so that Yahweh does establish his word which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons guard their way, to walk before me in the truth with all their heart and with all their being, saying, There is not to cease a man of yours on the throne of Israel. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. And tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. And one more time, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home.
2: John chapter 19,
0: verse 28. After this, Yeshua, knowing that all had been accomplished, in order that the scripture might be accomplished, said, I thirst. A bowl of sour wine stood there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and held it to his mouth. So when Yeshua took the sour wine, he said, It has been accomplished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Baruch Yahweh, Eloheinu melech ha'olam. Asher Lanu ha'davar ha'imet, v'chaye olam betukenu. Baruch Yahweh, noten ha'brit ha'rashah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. All right, in just a moment, we'll be getting to our drosh, but like always, we're going to take just a short break real quick to check our live streams. And so far, everything seems to be looking good. thing is still going and for those of you who have seen previous live streams especially the recent previous live streams know that we are streaming to multiple channels all at once we are doing youtube facebook twitch and now odyssey also and if you go to our website godhonesttruth.com click on that live stream up there at the top That will present a live players for you right there. So you don't have to go to any of these platforms and do a bunch of searching and all that. It'll be presented to you in video format right there. So you just go to our website, God Honest Truth, and watch it directly from there. On that live stream page, we now have both YouTube and Odyssey up there. So if one's not working for you, you can watch the other. And of course, if you don't like one, then you can watch the other. And as always, you can go to the Connect Socially page and find all of those links for all of the video platforms that we are a part of. Now, before we get into tonight's drosh on the Lunar Sabbath, make sure to go down below, leave us a comment, anything. Tonight's drosh is on Lunar Sabbath. Excuse me. So you can leave us a comment telling us what you think the Sabbath day is is it the first day of the week sunday is it the seventh day of the week or is it the lunar sabbath let us know down below or if you just want to say shalom or hi we always appreciate getting feedback from you now while you're down there make sure to hit that like button and also the subscribe button and ring the bell so you're notified every time that we go live or when we upload a new on-demand video and before you leave also be sure to hit that share button and share it around with people that you know friends families co-workers because if you're watching this right now, odds are you know someone else who would enjoy this kind of content, so make sure to hit that share button and share it around with your friends, families coworkers, or who ha- or what have you. So just get into tonight's drush, and of course, ooh, check up here real quick uh, there we go. And like I said, tonight's drosh is going to be on the lunar Sabbath. So stay tuned for through this whole draw to get the entire scope here. Now, there is about 60 some slides in tonight's presentation, but we're going to try to go through them as quickly as possible, but also as fully as possible. So not, as, not to leave anything out. Now, leaving stuff out. We're trying to limit the scope of tonight's draws to just the lunar Sabbath. There could be a whole nother teaching on the new moon. Just do a separate new moon teaching. So we did not include new moon references per se, only as it pertains to the teaching of the lunar Sabbath. So with that in mind, we've kind of narrowed the scope so it won't be three hours long. It's going to be long enough as it is but we have narrowed the scope to just the lunar sabbath so if something comes up in your mind as always feel free to leave it down in the comments but just know that some stuff we did have to leave out just to stay within the scope of the lunar sabbath in addition to that there's also a bunch of stuff that we did not have time to incorporate into tonight's teaching also so we'll be doing this again in the future it's going to be a while but we will revisit the subject of the Lunar Sabbath and try to incorporate some more of that stuff that we did not incorporate tonight. Now, as always, keep in mind the teachings of Scripture itself. Acts seventeen eleven. Now, these Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica who received the word with great eagerness and searched the Scriptures daily if these words were so. Now, the things you hear tonight and the things you hear in every episode that we do every live stream and wherever you hear it where there is some other ministry where you go to church or synagogue whatever you hear be like these bereans get into the word and search to see if what you are being told is true take whatever you hear with a grain of salt do your research and find out whether it's true or not and also first john 4 1 beloved ones do not believe every spirit but prove the spirits, whether they are of Elohim, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, those of you who have been in the Messianic faith for a while, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, in the Messianic movement for a while, or just getting into it, you may have this feeling like, well, we've discovered something that wasn't right with mainstream Christianity. Okay, that's great, and you should be searching to find out what is true and what isn't. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. Just because it's different than what mainstream Christianity does, doesn't make it right. All right. And this goes for any number of subjects. You may have found out that, hey, Christmas is not right and against scripture. And you may be excited about learning the truth about that or Easter or any number of things. But don't think that something's true just because it's different than the way mainstream Christianity does it, all right? You have to test the, whatever you hear to the scriptures to see if those things are true, and don't believe everything that you hear, right? Well, it says, I'm sorry, what it says right here in this verse, says, prove the spirits, right? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world, and there are people who are teaching in the Messianic movement, things that aren't necessarily true and scriptural. So, whatever you hear, make sure to take that and test it to the word of Yahweh. So, before we really get started into tonight's teaching on Lunar Sabbath, let's lay some foundations real quick. This is where we're going to get nerdy. You know we like to be nerdy around here. But it will help to put some things into your mind as far as the foundation goes on the topic of sabbath in general whether it be first day sabbath seventh day sabbath lunar sabbath what have you so the first of these foundations is going to be the hebrew word shiva right that comes from strong's h7651 and this is the number seven it's a cardinal number and literally means well seven This is going to be the basis for some of these upcoming terms that we're going to use and foundations that we're going to lay down. But Sheva means seven. Our next word is Shavua. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Here's some scriptural examples. Genesis 4.24, 77-fold, right? That's seven in there. Numbers 2.26, 62,700. Sheva, right? Seven. And again, first Kings 7:17, 7, seven chains, Sheva, and seven for the other capsule, Sheva. Ezekiel 45, 23, 7 bulls and seven rams, Sheva. Right? The cardinal number, Hebrew word, Sheva. Now our next word, Shavua. Now you hear us say this every single episode that we do, right? When we end the episode or end the live stream. We always say Shavua Tov, right? Which means have a good week. Literally, it means week good, but not here to get all the grammar, but it means have a good week. Now, Shavua means a period of seven, commonly referred to as a week, right? Week meaning a period of seven. This is going to be important as we go along, as we get into the teaching and the history and doctrine and stuff like that but remember shavua not only means a period of seven but it also means week okay and that's gonna be very important write that down keep it in your mind what have you just like our english word dozen means 12 right shavua means a period of seven means a week Some examples real quick. Genesis nine twenty seven. This is talking about the, um, or if you remember that section of scripture, it's where Jacob is trying to get Leah, I'm sorry, Rachel. Anyways, but Rachel's father says, you know, serve me seven years and then you can have her. Look at this. Genesis 29, 27. Complete the week of this one, then we give you this one too, for the service which you shall serve with me still another seven years. Now this week is talking about right here doesn't mean seven days. It's Shavua, but it means a period of seven. In this case, a period of seven years. Daniel 10.2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three weeks. The base word is Shavua, but it would be in the plural shavuot, Right? was mourning three weeks of days. Deuteronomy 16, 9. Count seven weeks for yourself. Begin to count seven weeks from the time you began to put the sickle to the grain. Now we have the, well, I'm sorry. Now we have the combination of the two foundations we've already learned. Sheva, meaning seven, and Shavua, meaning a period of seven, or a week, right? Our next word, Shabbat. And this word, probably already know, means day of rest, right? And tonight's drosh is going to be on, you know, lunar Sabbath, the lunar day of rest, as it's taught in some, um, some doctrines. We've already done one about seventh-day Sabbath versus first-day Sabbath, If you missed that, make sure to go back and look in our playlist on YouTube with Messianic Apologetics. But anyways, Shabbat means the normal, regular day of rest as laid out in Scripture. Now, there is another word that I wanted to contrast this with just so you have a good foundation, especially in this drosh. And that other word is Shabbaton. Now. This also means Sabbath, so what's the difference here? Well, Shabbaton is sometimes referred to as a minor Sabbath. It's not a regular set period, but it comes up with various feast days, like on Sukkot. You have a Shabbaton on the first day of Sukkot, and you have a Shabbaton on the last day of Sukkot. Now, it's not the regularly occurring one. The one for or the two for Sukkot are special ones. And there's different regulations and prohibitions, et cetera, for a Shabbaton as opposed to a regular Shabbat. Now, on Shabbat is a day of rest. You do no work. You recharge, stuff like that. On a Shabbaton, most of these Shabbatons, um, you can do work, but you don't do servile work. Okay? And you'll see that as you read through scriptures and you notice Shabbaton. Right? This is where you've got to study, though. <sighs> Let me rephrase. Oh, yeah. The Shabbaton. However, the Shabbaton for Yom Teruah is different. Okay? But, you have to do your studying here when you read through your scriptures, because a lot of English translations will translate Shabbat and Shabbaton as just the word Sabbath. So it gets the two words get conflated together in lots of English translations. So this is where you've got to get a concordance, you've got to get a uh, Esword, things like that. BlueLetterBible.org and look these things up. If there's some kind of confusion there, or you can always write us team at com if you have any questions and we can point out the differences for you if you don't have access to those resources. Now, another important foundation laid down here, Strong's H4150 Moed. Moed means a set apart time or an appointed time. Now, this would include things like Pesach, it would include Shavuot, it would include Sukkot, Yom Kippurim, Yom Teruah, you know, things like that, right? That is what a Moed is, it's a appointed, set apart time. And here is your Brown Driver's Briggs
2: definition for Moed.
0: Again, meaning an appointed time. So let's go ahead and dive into tonight's main subject here. What is the Lunar Sabbath? Well, the Lunar Sabbath teaches that each month starts with the new moon. And as a result, the counting of the week also starts with a new moon. And that makes the Sabbath fall on the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th of every month. It's be the same for every month, the 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Now, keep in mind that we're not talking about the Gregorian calendar here. We're talking about counting for the Hebrew month, right? The scriptural month. There are some within the Lunar Sabbath doctrine that teach that the Sabbath is on, I'm sorry, the 2nd, the 9th, the 16th, and the 23rd. But the majority has as we presented here on the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and the 29th of the month. And for those of you watching the video, here is a visual representation of how that lunar Sabbath counting would work. When you first see the first sliver of the new moon, that would be day one, okay? Then seven days after that, then you would have the Sabbath, okay? And that would be putting... extra day in here on the week making it an eight day week on that first week and then seven on the second seven on the third and then on the fourth it just all depends however you do end up with this type of counting having some extra days in there and lunar sabbath keepers call these non-days or transition days so keep that in mind too and some scripture to support the lunar Sabbath doctrine. Genesis chapter one, verses 14 through 16. And Elohim said, "'Let lights come to be in the expanse of the heavens "'to separate the day from the night, "'and let them be for signs and appointed times,' Moed, "'and for days and years, "'and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens, "'to give light on the earth. "'And it came to be so. "'And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. Again, Leviticus 23, one 2, 3 And Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The appointed times, Moed, or Moedim, of Yahweh, which you are to proclaim as set-apart gatherings, my appointed times are these. Six days work is done, but the seventh day is a Shabbat of rest, a set-apart gathering. You do no work; it is a Sabbath to Yahweh in all your dwellings. So here, it's talking about the appointed times, and the first one they list is the Sabbath. Six days work is done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest. And remember, we just read the creation, the the creation account, and talking about how the sun and the moon. Are to be used for calculating the appointed times or Moed. 104.19. He made the moon for appointed times or Moedim. The sun knows it's going down.
2: So, at first glance,
0: this seems like a fairly plausible doctrine. Okay, it's different than what Christianity does right? It's going by what scripture so far that we have read is stating that Yahweh created the moon to help calculate appointed times. And the first in that list we just read was this Sabbath, six days and then Sabbath, right? So, so far, it's kind of making sense about all this. And a lot of lunar Sabbath keepers will point to the fact that You know, obviously, Sunday is not the Sabbath. We had a whole teaching on that, so go back and check on, look at that video. But a lot of lunar Sabbath keepers will refer to the seventh-day Sabbath keepers as people who are just keeping the Roman Saturn day, right? What we know of as Saturday. Because in the Gregorian calendar, Saturday is at the end of the week, the seventh day and Saturday is named after the Roman god Saturn, right? However,
2: let's look at this more in depth, though.
0: Keep in mind that the Sabbath of Scripture is not the Saturn day of the Roman Catholic Gregorian calendar. In fact, before Rome had a seven-day calendar, Rome had an eight-day calendar. Don't ask me how all that worked, but Rome eventually corrected their ways and went to a seven-day calendar, just like we find in Scripture. And we'll get more into that, on the influence of Scripture and the Hebrew people on Rome when we look at the quotes from Josephus here coming up. But keep in mind that the seventh day of the week was in place, and the seven-day week was there long before Rome ever existed, right? Long before the story of Romulus and Remus and all that stuff. So it makes no difference what Rome called the days of the week, even Saturn day, right? It makes no difference because the scriptural Sabbath, the scriptural seventh day, is not the Saturn day of the Roman Catholic Gregorian calendar. In fact, when you look in Scripture, there are no names for the days of the week, except for one, right? Review. Remember, when you're reading your Scriptures, you have days of the week go first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, and sixth day, right? Only the seventh day gets a name, and that's Shabbat. And not everywhere around the world uses the same names for everything, right? We may here in America use the Gregorian calendar and call it Saturday, right? But there are plenty of other places around the world that have lots of different names. Here's something very interesting. In Italy, they call it Sabato, right? Sounding familiar? you look in Spanish-speaking countries and they call it sabado okay it sounds nothing like Saturday so where did this word sabado come from well it comes through a long line of changing languages from the Hebrew word Shabbat Sabbath Sabado. very very interesting but it's still in effect and still used even now and and on top of that, not every place in the world uses the same calendar structure. Here's a good example. Here is a graphic showing the different countries around the world and some countries like you know, North America and most of South America, China, and certain countries within, you can see right there, Uh, Certain countries within Africa have Sunday as the first day of the week. However, other countries have Monday as the first day of the week and still yet minor minor grouping of countries, especially Islamic countries, have Saturday as the first day of the week. So just a small point to make, but you can't go off the structure of the fiscal calendar. Now, let's review again. A week is seven days. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Seven days makes up a week. The Hebrew word for week, Shavua, right, comes from Sheva, meaning a period of seven. Shavua, meaning a period of seven, comes from Sheva, meaning seven okay in daniel 927 we see an example of a period of 7 days we read in genesis 2927 earlier how shavua or shavuot could reference a period of 7 years but as a period of 7 okay but just in general shavua means 7 days and shavua means week so week is 7 days not 8 not 9 7 okay and here's some more examples of Sheva and Shavuot.
2: <clears throat> now,
0: let's look at some more scriptures real quick to go along with all this. Genesis 1, 14 through 19. And Elohim said, Let lights come to be in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, And let them be for signs and appointed times, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens, to give light on the earth. And it came to be so. And Elohim made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And Elohim set them in the expanse of the heavens, to give light on the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And Elohim saw that it was good." And there came to be evening, and there came to be morning, the fourth day. Here's the point I want to make by reiterating this in greater scope. Is that when the moon and the sun were created, it was day four. Right? So we can't really use the moon to count the days of the week with, or to start our weeks with. Now, the moon trying to stay in scope here, but just want to say this real quick: The moon is for determining appointed times, yes now, what does is, is the moon used to determine? Well, first and foremost, the moon is used to determine the beginning of the month, right? That first sliver of the new moon marks the beginning of the month, however, it doesn't change up the week
2: right. Hopefully that's making sense. I'm feeling like I might have confused some of you out there.
0: The first flavor of the new moon starts the new month, but it doesn't change the order of the weeks. Just because the first of the month is on the third day of the week makes no difference. right? That still means that Shabbat is going to be four days later. Now, the new, the first sliver of the new moon could be on Shabbat itself, which means seven days later, there's going to be another Shabbat. The new moon only starts the month. It doesn't start the week. And that's an important distinction to make here. So this lunar Sabbath thing, starting counting from the sliver of the new moon, kind of falls apart when you look at what we just read in Genesis. The moon was created on day four. So that would make their counting, if the Lunar Sabbath thing was true, it would make their counting off by at least four days, if not more.
2: Because when you talk about
0: new moon, you can't get any newer than when it was first created. Now, another thing that kind of throws a wrench into the works of Lunar Sabbath doctrine is Shavuot. Let's look at this real quick. Leviticus twenty-three fifteen through 16. And from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, you shall count for yourselves seven completed Sabbaths until the morrow after the seventh Sabbath. You count 50 days. Then you shall bring a new grain offering to Yahweh. Now, look at this. This is talking starting from Passover, right? Pesach. And from the morrow after the Sabbath, after Passover, you count seven completed Sabbaths, right? Seven Sabbaths, that means seven weeks, which would be 49 days, and the day after that last Sabbath would make it 50 days, right? You count 50 days, right here, directly from Scripture. Now, look at this illustration. This is a calendar, actually, two months of a calendar according to the lunar sabbath way of counting months and weeks and stuff like that as you can see if it starts on the first and then they count seven more days after that to the eighth to have their sabbath then this is going to be adding a lot more days into the counting up to shavuot it could be a lot more than 50 days and that would break scripture you have all those extra, what they call non-days or transition days, terms that you don't find in Scripture. There's not a single place in Scripture where they refer to any day of the month as a non-day or as a transition day. Right? These are just made-up terms to try to make the doctrine fit. And as you can see in front of your eyes, if there are extra days in the week and you count seven weeks, You're going to have more than 50 days, and Scripture says to count 50 days. Not 85, not 63, 50 days. And that leads you up to Shavuot. So there's another wrench in the Lunar Sabbath Doctrine. But another important thing to consider also, we want to follow after our master Yeshua, right? Following his footsteps and the way he did things. So let's look at some first century references from around the time that Yeshua was here on earth. Now, this is somewhat after the time of Yeshua, but it's still relevant anyways. And this comes from the Talmud. Now, the Talmud is definitely not scripture. It's a Jewish publication, not a messianic one, right? So, don't take it to guide your life on, but it's neat to look at and gives you important historical context about certain things. And that's what we're using it for tonight and here, and pretty much always anytime we bring up the Talmud for historical context, not for doctrine. Now, in the Talmud, I don't even know how to pronounce that, but Eruvin 40b. And it says, Arzara replied, The new moon is different from a festival. Since it's, since its mention is included in the benediction on the sanctity of the day, in the morning and evening prayers, it is also included in that of the additional prayer. But do Beth Shammai uphold the view that the mention of the new moon is to be included? Was it not in fact taught, if a new moon falls on a Sabbath, Beshamai ruled. One recites in his additional prayer eight benedictions, and Beth Hillel ruled seven. Okay.
2: Now, what's important about this?
0: Well, Jews in these two different main schools of thought within Judaism back then, Beshamai and Hillel, Hillel, sorry, they would go back and forth and argue over lots and lots and lots of things, right? But one thing they never argued over was what day the Sabbath was. They all knew it. In this passage, they're reciting, you know, how many prayers do you include if the new moon falls on a Sabbath? That's what they're arguing over, how many prayers, not the day of the Sabbath. And also notice here, It says if a new moon falls on a Sabbath, which would indicate that a new moon could fall on a Sabbath. However, with the Lunar Sabbath doctrine, a new moon would never fall on a Sabbath because the new moon would start not only the month, but the week as well. And the Sabbath would be eight days after the Sabbath. Some more references. Talmud Pesachim 83a, Mishnah, the bones, and the sinews, and the nothar of the Paschal Lamb are to be burnt on the 16th. If the 16th falls on the Sabbath, they are to be burnt on the 17th because they do not override either the Sabbath or the festival. Now, remember, regardless of which camp you're looking at, whether you're on the majority or the minority side sabbath is not going to i'm sorry on the majority side anyways when we're talking about tonight sabbath is never going to fall on the 16th let's look at that graphic one more time
2: the sabbath according
0: to the lunar sabbath doctrine would fall on the 8th the 15th the 22nd and the 29th every single time sabbath could not fall on the 16th however The Talmud is making a reference to if the 16th falls on the Sabbath. Right? So again, showing how things were done back during the first century. Leviticus 23, 34-35 Speak to the children of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of the seventh new moon is the festival of Sukkot for seven days to Yahweh. On the first day is a set-apart gathering. You do no servile work. Now, a couple of points to point out here. Number one, this is, you know, talking about Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. Number two, it's also talking about Shabbaton, right? A set apart gathering, you do no servile work. That first day is a Shabbaton. Unless it falls on Shabbat, then it's a Shabbat, right? But that's another point I want to bring up, this is it's talking about a Shabbaton. Also, check this out. On the 15th day of the 7th new moon is the festival of Sukkot for 7 days. Right? 15th day of the 7th new moon. Now, look at the Talmud one more time. Menehoth 103b. Mishnah. A man may offer a meal offering consisting of 60 tents and bring them in one vessel. If a man said, I take upon myself to offer sixty tenths," he may bring them in one vessel. But if he said, I take upon myself to offer sixty one tenths," he must bring sixty in one vessel and the one in another vessel. For since the congregation bring on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles, when it falls on a Sabbath, sixty one tenths, it is enough for an individual that his meal offering be less than one-tenth than that of the congregation."
2: now look here it says the first day of tabernacles when it falls on a sabbath okay let's back up
0: real quick now it says here in scripture that on the 15th day of the 7th new moon now if we're going by the lunar sabbath calendar the 15th would always be on a sabbath right But here in the Talmud section we just read, it says when it falls, which indicates that sometimes it does not fall on a Sabbath. Again, showing that during the time of Yeshua, they had a regular seven day week, right? Six days of work and then seventh Sabbath, right? Seventh day of rest. Six days of work, seventh rest. Six days of work, seventh rest over and over and over and over. And we're going to get into those scriptures here in just a moment. But also keep in mind that Yeshua was not afraid to bring up the faults of the Jews of that time. Those of the Jewish faith, that is. He brought up the fact that they were hypocrites. He brought up their zit zit, how they made them long to be seen. He brought up the fact they made their robes long to be seen. He brought up the fact that they were making themselves appear to be fasting so they could be seen over and over. Yeshua chided them for the things they did wrong. But you'll notice he never once chided them about which day of the week they kept as a Sabbath. Because Yeshua and the Pharisees and Sadducees and even the Essenes, actually, all kept the same sabbath they all knew what it was so there was no contention about what day the sabbath was very important because like we said earlier we should be following in our messiah yeshua's footsteps now let's look at josephus as we're off to do when looking at first century stuff like that Wars of the Jews, Book 2, 8, 7. Moreover, they are stricter than any of the Jews in resting from their labors on the seventh day, for they not only get their food ready for the day before, that they may not be obliged to kindle a fire on that day, but they will not remove any vessel out of its place, nor go to stool thereon. And Josephus here is referencing the Essenes over at Qumran, right? And he's saying here that every seventh day, you know, the day before, they always get things ready, and that even on the seventh day, they don't go to stool thereon. Look that up for yourself, but here he's referencing that the Essenes were keeping the seventh-day Sabbath over and over, six days of work, seventh-day Sabbath, right? Again, Wars of the Jews, book 4, Nine, Twelve, and the last was erected above the top of the Pastaphoria, where one of the priests stood of course and gave a signal beforehand with a trumpet at the beginning of every seventh day in the evening twilight as also at the evening when that day was finished as giving notice to the people when they were to leave off work and when they were to go to work again. Now here he's referencing in the city of Jerusalem anyways. There will be someone that would stand up and blow a trumpet at the beginning of Shabbat so that everyone knew that Shabbat had started, right? And then they'd blow the trumpet again when Shabbat was over, and everyone knew when they could go back to work. But again, he's saying that it's every seventh day. Every seventh day. Again, against Apion, book 1, 122. There are a people called Jews and dwell in a city... The strongest of all other cities, which the inhabitants call Jerusalem and are accustomed to rest on every seventh day, on which times they make no use of their arms, nor meddle with husbandry, nor take care of any affairs of life, but spread out their hands in their holy places and pray till the evening. Once again, referencing that Shabbat is every seventh day the way they did it back in the first century. Right? Again, against Apion, Book 1, 140. Nay, further, the multitude of mankind itself have had a great inclination of a long time to follow our religious observances, for there is not any city of the Grecians, nor any of the barbarians, nor any nation whatsoever, whither our custom of resting on the seventh day hath not come and by which our fast and lighting up lamps and many of our prohibitions as to our food are not observed. So if you look back at scripture, it's always been seven days in a week. And it's always been 12 months in a year, but that's discussion for another time. Anyways, like we referenced earlier, this has always been done within the people of Yahweh, right? We read it in scripture. All the way back from creation. Seven days in a week. Rome at one point had an eight day week and due to the influence as Josephus is saying here of the Hebrew people they changed over to a seven day week. And here Josephus is saying that this whole seven day week and especially the seventh day resting has reached into all the nations that they knew of. Again, showing that it's Seven days in a week, and every seventh day is a day of rest, just like Scripture tells us. But speaking of Scripture, let's get back into Scripture and see how the seven-day week is cyclical over and over and over again. No eight-day weeks, no nine-day weeks, no non-days, no transition days. Six days of work. Seventh-day rest. Six days of work, seventh-day rest. So on and so forth throughout all time, forever. Let's look at that. Remember the Sabbath day to set it apart. Six days you labor and shall do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of Yahweh, your Elohim. You do not do any work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days... Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. So we can see here for the reason that it's 7 days, 6 days of work and then a seventh, um, the seventh day of rest. It's in remembrance of creation, for everything that is was ever created, right? Says For in six days, Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart. This seven-day week, including the seventh day of rest, is a remembrance of the creation of everything that Yahweh did. He created everything in six days, and then he himself rested on the seventh day. That's the purpose of the seven-day week. An eight-day or nine-day week would break that and would not be biblical. Again, Exodus 31, 16-17. And the children of Israel shall guard the Sabbath to perform the Sabbath throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. Between me and the children of Israel, it is a sign forever. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Again, pointing to this seven-day week as a reminder and remembrance of the creation that Yahweh did and his resting on the seventh day. And also take note here that it says that this seventh day, this Shabbat, is going to be a sign between Yahweh and his people
2: forever. Okay, write that down write it in bold,
0: circle it, underline it, highlight it, whatever you have to do. But we can see here, straight from Scripture, that the Sabbath day, the seventh day, is a sign between Yahweh and His people
2: forever. Now,
0: remember that when the Israelites went into Egypt, they spent hundreds of years there they were in slavery and they had to be retaught a lot of things one of the things they had to be retaught when they came out of egypt and they were going through the wilderness one of the things they had to be taught was when the sabbath was right so how did yahweh teach them the six days of work and seventh day of rest well, let's look at this exodus 16 22-30 through 30 and 35 <clears throat> and it came to be on the sixth day that they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one. And all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moshe. And he said to them, "This is what Yahweh has said: Tomorrow is a rest, a Sabbath set apart to Yahweh. That which you bake, bake, and that which you cook, cook. And lay up for yourselves all that is left over to keep it until morning." And they laid it up till morning as Moshe commanded. And it did not stink, and no worm was in it. And Moshe said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to Yahweh. Today you do not find it in the field. Gather it six days, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, there is none. none." And it came to be that some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. And Yahweh said to Moshe, How long shall you refuse to guard my commands and my Torah? See, because Yahweh has given you the Sabbath, therefore he has given you bread for two days on the sixth day. Let each one stay in his place. Do not let anyone go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day, and the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. So, the method that Yahweh used... To teach people the six-day week and then seventh day of rest was to give them manna and a double portion on the sixth day so that they would not have to do it on the seventh day. They could just rest up.
2: And they did this
0: for 40 years while they were in the wilderness. So it definitely got ingrained in them. It definitely got handed down to their children and possibly their children's children, right? Now, think about this. If the Lunar Sabbath doctrine was true, Mm. it would have been probably much simpler to teach that. When they went out to the wilderness, you know, Moses would have said, wait until the first sliver of the new moon, then count seven days after that, and then you got your Shabbat. Right? They just have to look up into the sky. They wouldn't have to gather anything up. They wouldn't have to gather two portions on the sixth day. They just have to look at the moon if it were true. But that's not what they did. Yahweh gave them manna every day through the week. On the sixth day, he gave them double portions so that they wouldn't have to do anything on the Sabbath. So he would reteach them when his Sabbath was. And they got it. Six days of work, seventh day of rest. Six days of work, seventh day of rest. Six days of work, seventh day of rest over and over and over and over, forever, as a sign between Yahweh and his people. Exodus 23, 12. Six days you are to do your work, and on the seventh day you rest, in order that your ox and your donkey might rest, and the son of your female servant and the sojourner be refreshed. <clears throat> Again, Exodus thirty one fifteen. Six days work is done, and on the seventh is a Sabbath of rest, set apart to Yahweh. Everyone doing work on the Sabbath day shall certainly be put to death. Exodus 34.21 Six days you work, but on the seventh day you rest. In plowing time and in harvest you rest. Exodus 35.2 Work is done for six days, but on the seventh day it shall be set apart to you, a Sabbath of rest to Yahweh. Anyone doing work on it is put to death. Again, are you getting the picture here? Scripture lays out there's six days and then a Sabbath day of rest. Over and over and over and over. It's a cycle. makes it easy. Right? You know you work for six days, then you get a day off. Right? You rest up. Then you work for another six days, and you get a day off. Six days, day off. Right? Nowhere in Scripture is it mentioned about an eight-day week or a nine-day week right again leviticus 23 3 six days work is to work is done but the seventh day is a sabbath of rest a set-apart gathering you do no work it is a sabbath to yahweh in all your dwellings deuteronomy five, thirteen through 14 six days you labor and shall do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath of yahweh your elohim you do, know, you do not do any work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, so that your male servant and your female servant rest as you do. And again, just driving home that point that you work for six days, then take a day of rest, Shabbat. Then you work another six days, and then you take a day of rest, Shabbat. Then you work another six days and take a day of rest. Six days, day of rest. Six days, day of rest. Over and over and over. It's cyclical, it's in a cycle. Now, again, the moon is for determining appointed times, but it's not for determining Shabbat. That would be the sun, right? You look back at creation. You find out that a scriptural day starts at sunset and ends at sunset the next day, right? You have evening and you have morning. You have darkness, then you have light. That is a day, right? So you count six days, and then the next one you know is going to be Shabbat. So the sun is used for determining the days of the week and Shabbat. The moon is for determining months. And like I said, new moon could be a whole different teaching in and of itself. And we'll probably do that sometime in the future. But the moon is for determining months. Sun is used for determining days and Shabbat. Okay? Make sense? Six days, then Shabbat. Six days, and then Shabbat. Always seven days in a week. So, here's something interesting that we found. That we thought you might find interesting as well.
2: Hmm.
0: Remember back the very first foundation we laid, right? The number seven, Sheva, right? Take a look at this. This is the word Shabbat, and it comes from 7650, strong 7650. Now it comes from that word Sheva, meaning seven, but it means to swear or take an oath it's more interesting here's the brown driver briggs definition for your perusal
2: for your interest whatnot so Shaba coming
0: from sheva I'm sorry. Shabbat meaning to swear, take an oath, coming from Sheba meaning seven. Now, Shaba is translated, especially in the King James version anyways, as swear 167 times. The charge, like in swear, eight times. Oath, seven times. A juror, three, straightly, two. But you get the context here. Shabbat means swear or take an oath. Now, Look at this. Genesis twenty-two, fifteen through eighteen, and the messenger of Yahweh called to Abraham a second time from the heavens and said, "By myself I have sworn, Shabbat declares Yahweh, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, that I shall certainly bless you and I shall certainly increase your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore, and let your seed possess the gate of their enemies." And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, he said, Yahweh himself says, I myself have sworn Shabbat. I saw it's very interesting that Shabbat comes from that root word sheba, meaning seven. And it's all connected to Shabbat and Shavua And yeah, see how interesting that is? Maybe I'm the only one that found that interesting, but hopefully you did as well. That swear comes from, you know, the root word for seven. And seven goes into seven days, Shavua, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I'm getting too nerdy, but I found it interesting.
2: So now in summary,
0: the seven day week, including Shabbat, is a remembrance of creation we read that back in scriptures remember that the new moon is for months not for the counting of the sabbath remember the day the sun is for the counting of days and then six days and then you have a sabbath the weekly sabbath is every seven days not eight or nine days but every seven days six days of work and then seventh day sabbath And remember, days start at evening, not at midnight. And the weekly Sabbath is a sign between Yahweh and us, His people, forever. And that's just the God-honest truth. We'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully you got something out of that. Hopefully you learned something. Once again, we did try to keep this in scope of just the Lunar Sabbath. So we didn't include a lot of new moon stuff, which could be a teaching of its own. And there was a lot of stuff relating to Lunar Sabbath that we did not include. And like I said, we'll revisit this again in the future and hopefully include that into the new video that we produce. But as always, if we did forget something, make sure to leave it down below. And that way all of us can learn and be more educated. So in just a moment, we're going to be doing the Aaronic benediction or the priestly prayer so if you have anyone there at home with you that you would like to get around you then go ahead and gather them close but before we do that i just want you to go down below real quick like i said leave us a comment even if it's just to say hi or shalom or whatnot we always love hearing from you and hit that subscribe button and ring the bell and hit the share button and share it around with any friends, family, or coworkers that you may know who would enjoy this type of content. As everyone knows, throughout history, the best type of advertising has always been word of mouth. And every time you share God honest truth with someone else, we really, really do appreciate that. And make sure to stay tuned because we might have some more announcements coming up in the future. So watch every week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for any new announcements that might come up. Some exciting stuff, definitely. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get to our Aaronic benediction.
2: There we go. Yivarikah ke Yahweh
1: v'yishmarekha Yair Yahweh panavelecha.
0: May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you again for joining us tonight for another edition of God Honest Truth Livestream. Make sure to join us again next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like always, we hope that tomorrow, or actually today, correct myself, you have a good and restful Shabbat. We hope that your upcoming week is filled with good food, good spirits, good fortune, good health. And <clears throat> until we meet again next week, make sure you take care of yourself and take care of each other. So until we meet again, Shavua Tov. And Shabbat Shalom.
1: Yahweh bless you. Yahweh guard you.
0: Yahweh make His face
1: shine. and show favor to you. Yahweh lift His face upon you and give you peace. Yahweh bless you. Yahweh guard you. Yahweh make His face shine upon you. and your favor Yahweh lift His face upon you and give you peace. Yahweh bless you. Yahweh guard you. Yahweh make His face shine upon you and show favor to you. Yahweh lift His face upon you and give you peace. Yahweh bless you.
2: Yahweh guard
1: you. Yahweh make his face shine on